Dive In Movie Cast, a film podcast where two unqualified critics give their opinions and try and differentiate themselves from every other podcast out there. My name is Hayden. And I'm Wesley. And on this week, we are not so much the Dive In Movie Cast and uh, more so the Dive In Video Game Cast because we're breaking our, our formula of usually talking about a film or a TV show. And we're going to be talking about something that is near and dear to my heart, The Last of Us 1, but mainly Last of Us 2 due to it having just come out. So yeah, we're talking about The Last of Us today. Yeah, and uh, just as a warning, um, anyone who has not played this game and wants to play this game without spoilers, we are going to spoil the entire game for you in this episode. So don't watch this episode. Go check out our spoiler-free review on the Dive In Movie Cast uh, Instagram page because we've got one there that's got no spoilers, just talks about gameplay and all that stuff, so check that out. Yeah. Um, before we get started, though, uh, in other video game news, you just got Ghost of Tsushima. Or is it Tsushima? Did I say that right? Tsushima or Tsushima. It's one or the other. One of the two. We're, you know, we're bound to mess up pronunciation on that one. Um, no, yeah, I just got that on my way home from work the other day. I just stopped in at EB Games and I picked it up and I, I'm so excited to play it. I haven't had the chance yet and uh, our friend Braden was sending me Snapchats of him playing it and that game just looks incredible and I can't wait to check it out. I'm so excited. I So the way that we kind of share games is that Hayden likes to buy the physical copies because he's a nerd like that. That's how <laughs> and, it is. Um, so I'm the next in line to play it. And so I was like, Hayden, I really want to play this game after you because I love samurais and like all that kind of stuff. So I was like... Um, since he bought the game, what was like $80 or something like that? If you buy a physical copy, it actually comes to $91. <laughs> That's a lot. So I was like, I was like, I'll pay you 20 bucks right now to play that game after you. He's like, done. And it's it was funny because we were just kind of like hanging out and I just did it. I pulled the 20 out of my wallet, gave it to him immediately, and everyone's like, what? Like, they've never seen that happen. We haven't done that. He usually just lets us play the games after him. But this time I was like, I'm playing this game after you no matter what. It is my next. So I was like, 20 bucks, bam. Because, I mean, you buy all the games in physical copies and we just kind of mooch off you yeah. and play them after <laughs> you do so we don't have to buy them. So I was like, might as well. Might as well give the money. Yeah, I mean, it it lets me feel better about the purchase because now I have a little bit of money paid off. And on top of that, now you don't have to play like tag and just essentially predict who's going to get to play the game next. You just get to know that the second I'm done this story, you can come pick it up and you can play it. So there's that. Literally, the second the credits roll, I'm going to pull up to your house and walk in and just be like, mine now. As the credits start, you. you turn off my PlayStation system. I didn't even notice. You were in the corner of the room the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just perched up in like the top corner of your room, sticking to the wall like <laughs> Spider-Man. I'm like, perfect. It's like, it's like that scene in Hereditary with Tony Collette like in the, <laughs> in the corner of the room in the darkness. That's you waiting for <laughs> me to me. finish this. Uh, no, but I, I am excited to play it. I won't stalk you for it. I mean, since we're on the topic, too, like, there's, you know, so many good video games coming out soon, or games that I'm very excited for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am a PS4 player. Just going to get that out there. I'm sorry, Xbox fans. I respect your decision, but I just needed to be clear. I think we have the superior console. In I, I don't respect their decision. Anybody <laughs> who's on Xbox, I don't respect your decision. You're missing out. It's a dope console, but it, when it narrows down to how much games the PS4 has, it's, for me, a pretty easy choice with Uncharted and, and Infamous and, and Spider-Man mm. and Last of Us, and I could keep going. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, there's so many games coming out, like Cyberpunk I'm really excited for. 
Um, mm-hmm. What's it called? The uh, Avengers. I mean, I don't know how that's actually going to turn out, but I think the MCU fan and the Marvel Comics fan of me is just really excited for that. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I'm excited for Avengers as well. It sucks how much it how much it's going to cost. Like that's ridiculous. Um, yeah. for a game, I seen it was like a hundred bucks, right? Yeah, it's like a hundred something bucks on the PlayStation Store. I'm like, you're kidding me. I'm not even buying a physical copy. Um, and I get it because they can do that. They can totally do that. Like, I'm still gonna buy it. That's the thing that sucks is I see it there and it's like a hundred dollars. I'm like, ah, shit. I guess they're just gonna take my money anyways. And so, it's it's upsetting to see the games like that are so expensive just because they know they can be. You know? Yeah. But, I am still excited for it. Don't get me wrong. Oh, me too. And, you know, I don't want to break away from Last of Us too long, but um, I think having MODOK as a villain in that is a very interesting choice for, uh, you know, how, when you make a movie with, like, Thanos as the villain, you, you wonder, how do I top that? And then the game creators for Avengers like, we don't top that. No, you, you really can't. If you try and top it, you're going to run out really quickly. Like, I, the next best thing would be Galactus, and even then, that's not even anything compared to Thanos in the movies, you know? Yeah. So I think the smart idea of instead of trying to one-up themselves, instead expanding out into the universe that they have, because they have so much, so many characters like how they do have um, Miss Marvel in the game. That's so cool because she's a character we have not seen yet, and they have so many other characters they can use. And that's one thing that I like about... um, like the Batman games, because you get random characters that you may have like never heard before. Like I just played Batman Arkham Knight not that long ago, and one of the villains that you can encounter and fight with is this guy named Firefly, who flies around the city and lights stuff on fire. And like I have not heard of him; he was new to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like an avid fan of um, Batman, and so it's like that's so cool that they can expand out into the universe and be like, okay, you're not just fighting this one villain. Here's like multiple villains. It's all happening at the same time. Yeah. But it'll be cool to see what comes from this. And I've heard a lot that Captain America's fighting style is like Batman, and I'm really excited for that. So, yeah, who knows what they're doing with Cap? I mean, like, I know the trailers are promoting the game like Cap is dead, but obviously Cap is not dead. Well, I, I don't know if he is not dead or if we're just going to get kind of like flashback stuff. Like, they'd be like, I remember a time when we were fighting these bad guys, and and now we're Cap. Um, That'd but be crazy. Who knows? That'd be crazy if they have the balls to actually kill off Captain America in the first Avengers game. Dude, I could totally see it happening. I could just totally see it happening. But who knows where they're going to take it, and who knows what it's actually going to be like. I'm sure it'll be awesome, because if I get to run around and be Hulk and just destroy stuff around New York City, pff, I'm in. And Thor. In. And Thor. I can't well, yeah, Thor, too. Uh, Iron Man kind of looks a little poopy because it's just a fly and shoot, or what's that called? A running gun, essentially. Yeah. He's, but, uh, he's voiced know. by Nolan North, though, which is kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Love Nolan North. So, Fantastic. Uh, before we get into this, I just sort of want to explain what motivated us to do a, uh, a video game episode, and in particular why we're doing it in Last of Us. Uh, Last of Us, I think it's close enough to a movie to, to call out. Like, I mean, it's not. Obviously, this is a very different episode. But so much of it is is cinematic and cutscenes, and it very much does have a movie feel to it. And I've actually seen some people online don't like that about it. I I love my video games sort of fusing themselves with like movie vibes and having these big cutscenes that are like, I don't know. I love having the gameplay fuse with like these big big story cutscenes. You know. Anyways, the reason that I I think we wanted to do this episode is just because 
doing an episode on something like The Last of Us is is super interesting because of some of the things it's raising, like question wise, and and some of the story beats. And yeah, I don't know. I just I, I feel like a video game episode would be fun to switch it up as we draw closer to the end of season one, which we haven't even brought up yet. Oh my goodness! Why are you g- giving away these spoilers? So well, now we got to bring it up. Come on, man. <laughs> we got to do it. Um, but yeah, uh, as Hayden was saying, we are going to take a break here coming soon. I think th- our last episode is going to be like the first week of August. And then we're going to take like a three-week break just to kind of um, figure out what the Dive-In movie cast is going to be. And figure out uh, where we want to take this, improve on some of the stuff we did from season one, and come back strong come September. Uh, we're also moving out, and so we're moving in together um and so we've got that to kind of figure out in our lives and all that fun stuff because everyone loves figuring out their life right it's um, the best <laughs> so we just want to take a break and kind of make things better and improve on what we've already established here taking our feedback you know that kind of thing and so yes we will be taking a break uh first week of august will be our last episode and then you'll see us come back september uh, I think it's like the 6th is the first Sunday mm-hmm. of September. And so that's when we'll be back in it and ready to go. I mean, hopefully New Mutants will actually come out on August 28th. Like they're <laughs> saying it will, because if it does, I would love to do an episode on New Mutants. But you know what? I've accepted that we're not going to do an episode of New Mutants on this podcast till like season six or something. That's going to be the one. No, let. how about that is the one movie that we'll just never do because it's never going to come out. Yeah, I don't know what's happening with that movie. But, but yeah, regardless, we are going to take a break just because we want to be better. We want to do better, and uh, we appreciate everyone who's been listening and all that stuff. So Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, there's a lot of areas where I think we've realized where we want to improve and just a couple things where we want to change. Uh, so we're going to just take the month and sort of retool the show so we can bring it back in Season 2 bigger and better. Exactly. So, yeah, Last of Us. Um, this is a pretty big one on your list, and we just – Wanted to do it because we, I literally played it once you were done and you were like, oh my goodness, it's so cool. And so I played through it um, because I played the first one whenever it came out on PS3. June 2013. June 2013, yeah. Yeah. Um, And I don't even think it was when it came out. It must have been 2015 or something like that that I played it. But it's been a while. And so um, I was really excited to play this game too. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, And it's, it's very... It's a very cool way to see our the way our characters grow. Get to see these characters again. Get to reconvene uh, with them and see where they're at in life. And also, um, just the fact how much this game has blown up. Like, um, one second, let me get my phone. Yeah. So this, I was reading an article about it, and like this game has exploded. Like Last of Us Two. Um, it's the fastest-selling PS4 exclusive with over 4 million copies sold in the first three days. Like, that's how huge this game is because people have been waiting so long for this game. And so um, I enjoyed it a lot, and I think it's a really cool sequel. I didn't enjoy it as much as Hayden did. Hayden <laughs> loved this game. This is it's a hot take, man, my opinion on this, on this game. is It'll get me in some hot water, I think, with some people. But you know what? That's... The whole thing about opinions is we all got different ones, and I really I think this the second game is special, and I think it's the best sequel we could have gotten to the first game. And you know what? I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna hold my peace, and I'm gonna explain myself without sounding stupid right <laughs> right all up front. Dude, this is gonna be your uh, this is gonna be the opposite episode to my Invisible Man take. This is the <laughs> episode gonna... that takes me down, man. 
Exactly. Um, but let's before we get into Last of Us Two, let's get into Last of Us One. Yeah. So, Last of Us One. Without touching on stories first, this game meant a lot to me. I think I played this game in like the height of my zombie phase. I was so into zombies, and I also played this game while I was obsessed with the Uncharted franchise when I was younger. So, you take Naughty Dog. And, you, like, they are my favorite video game studio as, as a 12, 13-year-old. I love these games. And then you you take something that I love, like zombies, and then you make a, a story-driven game in that world. And I don't, Last of Us was just special to me. I remember the way I felt when I played it for the first time. And I, I don't think I've ever felt the same way about when I played a video game, aside from maybe Red Dead 2 and this new one. Like I said, I remember playing the games as a kid. Um, well, the game, not games. Uh, but... It's definitely one that's back there in my memory as a game that kind of sparked my childhood into a higher form of game playing. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it was the first game I think I ever played that was like meant to scare you. That had these intense sequences where you're fighting for your life. Like, I think that was the first game I ever played that was like that. And so, um, playing it changed I think the course of my gaming, and. Uh, it definitely left like a memory in the back of my head of this game I played as a kid that terrified me, but I also loved. Mm -hmm. Like, it was such an enjoyable experience to play, and the story is so well driven. And at the time, the graphics were fantastic. And so they're still great. Like, I'm replaying this first game now that I've I've beat the second one, and it it's still good. I mean, some of the gameplay is old, it's outdated and a little clunky in areas, but like the graphics are still good. Yeah, but are you playing the remastered version? Yes, you're right. That's why. You're right. Because if you look at some of the graphics from back then, if you look at them now, they aren't as good as you probably remember them. Now you're playing the remastered version, the graphics probably look not too bad. Yeah, I know? guess I guess you're right. When I looked at some of the stuff from the original Last of Us game, it does look a little bit like Telltale-y, like with like, you know, like that mm -hmm. um comic book sort of style and I, I i doubt it was un intentional obviously i don't think it would be so yeah. i guess you're right that's one of the areas where it hasn't aged perfectly is it, it looks a little cartoony in parts but yeah i don't i think the last of us one means so much to me because it showed me at a time where so much of the zombie entertainment aside from maybe walking dead and i'm not saying walking dead hits any of the same emotional beats as last of us but i am saying like that was the only other time i had seen uh, emotional storytelling being used in something like a zombie apocalypse and i think with last of us it was the first time where i really saw that in its in its prime and in its peak is like what you can do when the zombie apocalypse is secondary in the story you know like when when joel's struggle with uh losing his daughter and being this man who has had to do horrible things throughout the the apocalypse i think that is so interesting when you contrast that with what is basically just a a tool of gameplay like all the zombies really don't mean a lot to the actual core story aside from the fact that the world is over uh ellie is bitten she might be a cure and that would be nice because zombies are everywhere but aside from that they don't significantly i mean they are a big part of it i'm not trying to say that they're not but what i'm trying to say is the goal of last of us is ellie and joel i would almost um contrast that by saying that the zombie apocalypse is the biggest part of this game because if without the zombie apocalypse we wouldn't get these characters doing what they're doing you know i think um and i'll probably say this again when we talk about the second game but i think the setting is so important when it comes to these games because 
once the outbreak happens, once the zombies are there, once everything falls apart, the only thing that's left is people. And so that's such a huge part of both of these games. Um, and I think the zombie apocalypse, even though it does kind of play a backseat to our characters and mm -hmm. we're more invested in them than like saving the world or whatever, um, we still need that as a story driving, uh, or as a plot driving piece of the story. Right. And so I think it's, uh, super awesome that we get to experience these characters instead of focusing on, oh, the world's gone to trash. We got to save it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and we don't have that like classic hero. I have to do the right thing. I have to save the world. It's the only thing I have to do. Kind of like plot driven point. And it's just like these people. These are normal people trying to survive. And yes, Ellie's a cure. And yes, they are taking that journey to kind of save the rest of the world. But it's not. That's not the main focus. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. And. Like, yeah, going back to what you said earlier about the impact that Last of Us had on the video game industry is I just remember this game was so big and like it, it has such a dedicated, passionate fan base. And I think that might be the reason that you've seen such negative uh, reception to Last of Us 2 is because people just wanted something very precise. And I think Naughty Dog wanted to give people something a little more uh, original than that. And not saying people are angry at this game for being too original. That's not at all what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is this isn't the sequel people wanted to Last of Us 1. And I think a lot of people can't get over the bias that they have of the disappointment that they're feeling when they first start playing this game and seeing what this plot uh, consists of. And for me, I, I sort of saw some of the leaks prior to this game coming out, and I sort of knew that I didn't like a couple of the things that I had seen and that I was going to have to shut off my, my brain for that first little bit and just play until I started to like it. And... I mean, there was some times in this game in the first few hours where I was like, so this is it. This is like what I waited like eight years for. This is my most anticipated game of all time. Like, I, I remember that feeling of misery that a lot of people couldn't get past. Like, the Last of Us 2, for a lot of people, was ruined by their expectations that were set up from Last of Us 1. I think so many people wanted to just see Joel and Ellie Part 2, not, you know, Last of Us Part 2. And kind of before we get into all that stuff with Last of Us 2, I wanted to uh, just quickly give a recap of Last of Us 1. Mm -hmm. Just like the most basic, generic uh, story recap I can give, which is essentially uh, we've got our characters, Joel. Joel is um, this smuggler, essentially. He's working with other smugglers and stuff to bring stuff inside of the quarantine zone, which is essentially this town. Is it Boston? Is that right? Something like that. I think it's Boston. And so this is after the outbreak has happened. Um, Joel has lost his daughter. Um, and he's moved on in life to a point where he is now working with a group of people. Uh, is he working with the Fireflies yet? I can't remember. N no. I think, like, they, they go back and forth with, like, yeah. things they do for each other. But, yeah, it, uh, it starts 20 years after he lost his daughter. I just feel it's important to... To put the time of how long it's yeah. been since that. And so we we find Joel as he's just running an errand, essentially, what seems to be like a normal kind of smuggling thing where he's getting some guns. And he ends up getting roped into helping transport this girl named Ellie to a firefly base where they can find a cure because she is bitten, but she is not turned. She's the only one who is immune by their knowledge that they know of 
And so um, Joel is now tasked with taking Ellie to this hospital to try and make a cure, essentially. Mm -hmm. So they go through like months and months of journeying, and you are journeying through the apocalyptic wasteland, meeting new people, uh, making friendships, and then watching those people die. Um, And then until you finally get to the hospital, and you take Ellie in, and the doctors kind of take over, and the hospital is run by the Fireflies. They are a resistance group um, who is trying to find a cure and make everything better. And they realize that they can make a cure out of Ellie. But the only downside is that Ellie will have to die for them to make this cure. And Joel cannot live with that. He cannot stand it. So Joel kills everyone in the hospital and gets Ellie out safe. Mm -hmm. And as they're driving back to Jackson, is that right? Yeah, Jackson. they actually haven't, at at this point in the game, in Last of Us 1, they haven't found Jackson. They're just sort of on the road still. I thought they went to Jackson and then left and then come back. No, Jackson's new to the second game. Are you sure? Yeah. That's a different uh, community. Oh, okay. They do meet up with Tommy, but he has his own uh, community that he's sort of just moved into. It's just sort of middle of bumfuck nowhere. Right. Okay. So, yeah. So, then they go back to the community that Tommy's at, and as they are heading back, Ellie is suspicious about what Joel said was true, because Joel said they ran some tests and that they found a bunch of other people who are immune and she doesn't matter, essentially, Mm -hmm. uh, and lied to her to keep her safe. And... Ellie somewhat believes that lie, somewhat doesn't, is iffy about it because um, she doesn't really know what's going on because she was unconscious during the time that Joel kills everyone and Mm -hmm. gets her out. Uh, That's where the first game leaves us, is on this cliffhanger of, uh, does Ellie believe Joel? We know the truth. We had to kill all those people. What comes next? And that's where we are left at. And then seven years later... Yeah, Last of Us Two. That's where that's where it picks up. It's seven years after the event of the first game, and I just briefly want to touch on uh, Joel as a person and in his sort of mindset in regards to all this. Joel is somebody who has held his dying daughter in his arms, and Ellie and Sarah, his daughter, um, have a lot of similarities in not only their age at the time that he knows them, but in in regards to some of their sassiness and just their their personalities. So Joel goes from this hardened man who who doesn't really want to ever uh, get to know anybody ever again to loving this girl and, and genuinely having like this sort of surrogate father relationship with her. And anyway, so as you go on throughout that, you, you as Joel, you get to see him sort of, you know he's done some terrible things and it's implied by some of the things he says, but you get to see some of this humanity that he's lost be breathed back into him via this girl. And, you know, at the ending of the game, when after everything you've been through with Ellie and as Joel, when you're faced with, I have to now kill this girl to save the world, my first reaction, too, was fuck that. Like, I, I don't care. I'm saving Ellie. You know, like, I've bonded with Ellie. I'm saving Ellie. And I think that's what the game wants you to feel. And I think that's why Part 2 has pissed off so many people. It's because Part 2 is a, essentially a direct response to that final scene. The entire final... Uh, Firefly Hospital sequence part two is all based on that. Like, I think a lot of people thought that that decision would have less to do with the future of the franchise than it does. And in reality, it is where everything goes forward from there. Yeah. And so it's kind of like our launching point into um, 
Last of Us 2. We don't realize how much of a launching point it is until about halfway through the game, but um, it definitely is a huge launching point. So, Last of Us 2. Last of Us 2 is an amazing game, and let's talk about some of those amazing things like graphics and gameplay and all that stuff before yeah. we get into like the nitty-gritty story things. I was just wondering how we were going to segue into that, and you did it perfectly because I was like, oh no, <laughs> I'm stuck on story. I don't want to keep going on story, but then, yeah. Here we Bro, are. Don't you don't you know I'm just a Segway master? <laughs> I ride Segways around everywhere. That's my main mode of transportation. While recording the episode, you're like you got your mic stood up and you're just standing on a Segway while <laughs> I'm just bouncing yeah. on a Segway back and forth. No, um, but yeah, let's talk about some of the graphics and stuff. Like, I was watching a video about like the little tiny things you might have missed in Last of Us Two, and it was a lot of graphics based stuff. Um, but one of the biggest things I saw was like the realism of some of the little things that we might not think about. Like, for example, um, Ellie's backpack, the way it moves correctly with the rest of her body, rope physics, things mm -hmm. like that. Little tiny things like that. Oh, man. The rope <laughs> physics so in good. this game are unreal. Exactly. Rope physics. It's hard for games to do rope physics because ropes are so unpredictable and one movement at the top makes a ripple effect to the entire thing. But I think this time they did pretty good. It's almost impossible to get a perfectly realistic rope simulation, but I think they did a really good job in this game. Mm -hmm. And like you said, yeah, it is all the little things. Like there's a, a, a scene where Ellie takes off her shirt. And that sounds so simple. Like, oh, okay, a character takes off her shirt. It is a camera set up behind Ellie on a bed as she pulls it off from the back. And that sounds so simple. But when you know what it takes to make video games and how some of this stuff works, that is crazy. The, to know wow. that they were able to animate uh, without any clipping or anything going wrong with like any of the graphical textures and everything. She just takes that shirt off and it is so smooth and seamless. And that is uh, representative of this entire game is... Everything is just so smooth and seamless. All these little things that you've seen in video games for so long, and you wonder, like, okay, this is really cool, but it's kind of glitchy, and it's taking me out of it. Last of Us doesn't really have any of that. Anything that they attempt, for the most part, looks pretty good. The simple things, like, for example, how in this game, uh, Ellie plays guitar, and, like, other characters play guitar and things like that. The finger positioning, the strumming, the fact that you can just tap the touchpad on your controller and play one string instead of playing the entire chord, you actually have to strum. Like, uh, the guitar in this game is, like, so good. I love it so much because it's the simplest little thing that you wouldn't think of that they take to a whole nother level. You can literally pick up a guitar and play songs. I've seen people do covers of songs in Last of Us. Like, they're like... All right, this is a my cover of Wonderwall in Last of Us, and they're playing Wonderwall on the guitar in Last of Us. Yeah, so cool. And like I've seen Neil Druckmann, uh, you know, the creator of this and uh, director yeah. of this and all thing. Um, I've seen him sharing a lot of those, just like songs that people are playing that I don't think he expected people to necessarily play on the Last of Us guitar, but they work. Like it's a real functional guitar for the most part in a video game, and it's like. It's a zombie game, and it's like a, a survival horror, and then you can just walk around and pick up a guitar and just play, like, Take On Me by AHA, which is actually in this game. I wanted to say that song in specific, that it's just crazy to know, like, how well the guitar uh, looks, but also sounds. Like, the sound design for the guitar is very real, and it's really cool. Mm -hmm. And, like... Just the fact that they thought of all these small things and the fact that they put the effort into making these little things happen, um, I think that's really good. I also think that 
some of the scenery and just the environments we're put in are really cool. Like the fact that we see half of, one half of Seattle from Ellie's eyes and then the other half of Seattle from Abby's eyes. So cool. We see all these different environments and areas and all this stuff. Like, I think they did really good when it comes to visuals. Oh, I mean, visually, this is for sure the most impressive game I've ever played. And I, I was going to say it's competing with Red Dead, but uh, this game does look better. And, like, it genuinely, like, it is the, not, like, by far or anything, but this is the most visually impressive game I've ever played from little things to, like, the way the snow ripples and you can see it shining in the sun based on, like, where you're standing and, like, just everything. I remember there's a scene where uh, you are, you're playing as Ellie and you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you can literally move her face around because it's just like when you're a kid and you're just fucking around with your face and sticking your tongue out and making all these crazy faces. It's just that. But to see how well Naughty Dog was able to animate a human face, they've got, like, every movement of, like, the jaw down pat to, like, how a human's face really moves. It's just, it's just insane. Well, I'm sure they did a lot of, like, mocap and stuff like oh, that. Oh, for sure. Um, But, no, yeah, it's really good. And I would agree that it is one of, uh, one of the better visual games I've seen in a long time uh, when it comes to realism. There's definitely other games I would put higher just for the visuals I've gotten. Like, one of my top favorite visual games I've ever played is Journey. Have you ever played Journey? Yeah, that's the one where you just play as, like, that weird cloak Yeah, you this thing. little weird red cloaked thing. There's no dialogue. It's all music and visuals. Wow. Visually, love it so much. There's another game they make called Abzu, uh, which is essentially like that, but it's underwater. So fun. There's games like that that have crazy visuals that are just not realistic and on a whole nother level but this one definitely brings the realism like the fact that you when you are fighting enemies and you're hiding behind uh cars that you can shoot through the windows and like little mm -hmm. things like that like that make this game oh so good so visually pleasing and i know we're gonna linger on this too long but it's the last thing i want to bring up about the graphics is the grass i just wanted to say the way the grass like blows in the wind and, and moves based on where Ellie's laying in it. It's just crazy. Like, I could go on and on about, like, the graphical achievements, but I just want to say, Naughty Dog, you and your, like, like the whole team of Naughty Dog deserve so much respect for what they've created here, regardless of how you feel about the story before we get into that. Naughty Dog deserves so much praise for what they've done graphically and, and gameplay-wise because it's just something special. Yeah. Um. So... We talked about some graphics, talked about some music, all that stuff. Let's get into this story of this game. Um, so for all of you that have played it, obviously you know the story. Um, but we essentially get four – isn't it four years later? I'm pretty sure it's four years. Is it four? Yeah, it's 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 seven or four. It's one of when those I, two numbers. When I said seven, I was – uh, talking about like real lifetime. Actually, I think it's six in game because Ellie's fourteen in game one and nineteen in game two. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought it was four because like I think that's the longest time gap we get. But I might have been wrong. Anywho, um, so yeah, let's talk about how this game starts. We're put in Jackson, this new settlement that uh, Ellie and Joel and everyone are living in. Um, some stuff happens. You already know if you've played the game. And we get one of the more controversial things about this game is that Joel dies. Joel gets <sighs> killed, like, really close to the beginning of this game. And a lot of people are upset about it. Um, when I watched it, it hurt me. It hurt me a lot. Um, uh, I don't know if I texted you about it, like, the second after it happened. You but, did. You did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but 
yeah, that happens really quickly in the game, and a lot of people are upset about it. And I know you have some stuff to say, Hayden, about that. Okay, so, yeah. Joel is one of the best characters in video game history. He is voiced phenomenally by Troy Baker. He is such a genuine human look at someone who's lost their humanity trying to find it again in places where they once had it and have lost it. Okay, so I need to make it known, I love Joel. But Joel's death does not bother me the same way it bothers the entire rest of this fan base, and I'm going to explain why. It is because this death works, because it hurts. You feel that pain with Ellie. And I know anybody could be like, well, what if it was Tommy? What if it was uh, Dina? No, it would not have the same impact because first off, we don't know Dina, so I would feel stupid avenging her. Uh, And Tommy, I care about Tommy, but Ellie would not do that for Tommy. She would not go on this crazy revenge quest. So I love Joel. And when he died, I felt it. I was I felt everything the game and the rest of the fan base felt. I was angry. I was so pissed off at Naughty Dog for having the the nerve to kill Joel in such a disgusting way with a golf club after getting his leg blown apart. Like, I was pissed. But it works. Like, this death does what the game wants it to do, and it wants it to hurt. It wants you to feel it, and it wants you to be angry. And it wants, first off, it needs to feel real. Like, your, your revenge quest against Abby can't be the stupid revenge quest of, like, you you slightly ever you ever so slightly fucked up my life and now I'm gonna kill you like it has to be all to the walls everything has been taken from Ellie and and it is and well yeah especially since the lengths that Ellie essentially goes to to track her down yeah I mean she she's so broken after what happens to Joel that she is basically just killing anyone who gets in her way but yeah so if you've played the game you know Joel gets uh, his head bashed in with a golf club by a woman named Abby. And Abby is the daughter of the doctor who Joel killed, or one of the doctors who Joel kills at the end of the first game. Yeah. The only doctor who could have made a cure. Right. Yeah, he's like the most essential one. He's like, he's needed for this whole process. And uh, yeah, so when you look at it from the side of Joel and Ellie, this this death sucks. This is the opposite of what anybody wanted from the first game. This totally contradicts everything that the first game was going for with their themes of like redemption and love. But let me also say, I don't actually believe the first game's themes are as intensely in redemption as people think they are. Because I love Joel, but he's not a good person. And I I, I think you agree with me on this. Joel is a bad man who has done some bad things. And we care about him because we spend so much time with him and we know what he's gone through and it's not fair. But the things that he does in the 20-year gap from when we lose our daughter as Joel to when we pick back up as Joel are never said. We never know exactly some of the horrible things he's done. So that means we're missing over 20 years of awful things Joel's done on top of all the awful things we watch him do in the game. I I think the reason why we don't see them is because they don't matter as much. Like no, I, agree. I get it. We've had he's probably done some bad stuff, but it's the apocalypse now. Like bad is a relative term, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think obviously he's killed people. Obviously that's happened. That's it's the apocalypse now, but it doesn't matter up to now, up to this point. And so I think one of the biggest things that we have to remember with Joel as a character is the fact that he has done probably the exact same thing to somebody else, mm-hmm. you know? Like 
so easily people can just die and so i feel like people forget that they're like this is my main character there's no way he can die and then when he does they're like oh you suck no this is not okay Mm -hmm. but like it's how it's gonna go and that's the thing we have to realize with these games is that they're more realistic they're less of like the main hero is indestructible and will never die Mm -hmm. like this main character can die and Yes, he's done bad things, and he totally, he probably deserves to die. But I will say, getting bashed in the head with a golf club is the worst way, one of the worst ways to go. Like He he doesn't even have a final line, man. The dude is like, he is such an iconic character, and he just gets beat to death. You don't even get to have him have some, like, crazy, like, line where he looks at Ellie, and, like, there's nothing like that. It's straight up, he's just dead. Yeah, and so I... I understand why they did it. I think it was a little visceral, and I don't know if I needed the golf club bashing to the head. Mm-hmm. I honestly think a solid bullet to the face would have hit me harder. Um, but it wouldn't have worked as well for Abby. Well, no, obviously. But uh, I'm just saying, like, for having you. Joel's death like be instant right. and less drawn right. out would have been totally different. Um, but yeah... So let's, since we've talked about kind of the biggest thing, let's talk about why Joel dies. Why Why does Joel die? Who come, Who is this really buff woman that comes and beats his face in with a golf club? We have Abby. Abby pulls up and lays waste to everything that this fan base wanted from this game. And and Abby is here to ruin your hopes and dreams of A Last of Us 2. And... I, I just need it to be known, like, to everybody who loves Joel and really couldn't move past that death, like, if you got to that death and you knew that this game wasn't for you, I respect that. And I'm sorry that something you care so much about and waited so long for uh, did this to you. Like, that that sucks, and if you were excited for this game and couldn't move past what the story setup is, I genuinely sympathize. And I, I'm like, I'm sorry, because that sucks. And, like, that would be really upsetting for me if I didn't, like, enjoy this game. I would feel the exact same way, so I I get it. But I did really love this game, and the reason that this death works is because, like I said, it just it makes you so angry. And so you have this girl named Abby pull up, and nobody really knows who Abby is prior to this. She was seen in one trailer for this game back in 2017. And, uh, yeah, she is the daughter of the head doctor from the first game, and she, essentially when Joel came to that hospital and he did that, not only did he kill her father and all of her community, but he also killed the only life she's ever known. He killed her sense of belonging. He killed her identity. Uh, he killed like everybody she's known and all of her friends and like the life she's grown up with. Like she has never seen because she's a kid. She has never seen the full extent of the cruelty of this world. I don't think. I think she knows. Obviously, like obvious, she's been involved in some harsh shit. Uh, but I don't think she's ever had something so awful unfold and it it, it takes everything from her and so when you look at it from the perspective of joel uh being our main character and you love joel it sucks to have this happen but when you flip it and you see joel as what he is to abby's story which is a villain you can also understand it and i think the reason i sympathized with abby so immediately off the bat which is something nobody wants to hear uh, in this episode and i'm sorry it's just my opinion but I think the reason I sympathize with Abby so immediately off the bat is because I, I, I understood that. I looked at it from if I was on Abby's side of the story, Joel is the villain and Joel does deserve to die. Um, whereas we play The Last of Us with Ellie and Joel and we watch this beautiful story unfold in the midst of such an awful situation. 
and we see such a different ending. We see what Joel is willing to do for somebody he loves, but what Abby sees is her entire, like, everything she's ever known has been taken from her. And I think that's why this death works for me is when you flip it. Yeah, and that's, like, if you're able to see it from both sides, that's kind of what the game wants you to do. They want you to see it from both sides and look at it critically. But I think the hardest part and why a lot of people don't like this game is because of the fact that it's a video game. And we are so used to having our main character be the one we root for all the time. And so telling us to look at him in the completely opposite way is like asking us after watching the first Star Wars movie to be like, okay, but now let's look at Darth Vader and he's not actually that bad. Like for some people, that's how they feel. And it's understandable. Like I love Joel. Joel was an amazing character. I, even when he killed all the fireflies, I was like, I love Ellie. I'm not, I'm not letting her go. She's not dying on me. Mm -hmm. You know, I felt that exact same way when I played the first game too. So I totally feel that. Yeah, and so I totally understand why people would be upset by this, and I think it's one of the harder parts about the game is that what developers tried to do is the hardest thing I think any game developer could do is make you feel like your main character isn't actually the good guy. And Mm -hmm. I think they do it really well in this game, um, but it's just hard to make your audience try and do that as well because they're so biased towards Joel and Ellie already. Like, there's... Even when I started playing as Abby for when we get to like halfway through the game, I was like, are you serious? Come on. I don't care about Abby. I want her to die. Oh, me too, um, man. Like I was um, I was playing with my girlfriend. She was here and I was in the scene where Abby shoots Jesse and kills him and she's aiming her gun at Ellie and she said, we let you live and you wasted it. And I was like, no, because I knew what was about to happen. I, I felt it in my gut that this was some turning point and something crazy was about to happen. And when the game said, like, certain somewhat years, I don't remember how many years, but it says blank years earlier. It was like three years later or something. Yeah. When the game hit me with that and I turned the camera and I saw the face of the person I was playing with, I was pissed. I set my controller down, I paused the game, I deep sighed, and I walked out of my room. (laughs) Like, I I was pissed. And, And that's, I think, why I need to give this game so much credit is, like, I have felt everything that this fan base has felt, except it didn't end with hatred for me. But no, I ended this game with such different thoughts of where I started it. I really started this game thinking, yeah, I'm let down. Like, I'm pissed. Uh, Somebody who has spent so long of their life waiting for this game to come out, and this is what I get. But as I explored it, and as I started to see what Naughty Dog was doing with the duologies of these two women, the the game just really changed for me and I have I have such different thoughts on it now than I had while I was playing it and that's why I feel like I owe it a, a second place so bad. It I felt the same way where I was like, ah oh, come on, do I see this as play as her? Um but going through her story, I really enjoyed playing as Abby. I had a fun time. Her gameplay is more aggressive and it's definitely less like sneaky sneaky as Ellie's you're you are given a flamethrower. That's fire. <laughs> Literally <laughs> fire. Like that's so cool. Um, I was like torching up fools. Uh, but we, we essentially get to see this whole other side where we get to see the aftermath of what killing Joel does for Abby and does to her uh, relationship with all of her friends and how uh, Abby now has to live life. And so we kind of get this parallel where as we're playing as Abby, we know what Ellie is doing in the background. It kind of happens at the same time. The first half of this game and the second half of this game happen essentially at the same time. And we only really get to see these two characters confront when we hit that climax that we reached where Ellie 
or Abby is essentially snuck into the cinema and has Ellie at gunpoint and has shot Jesse in the face and that kind of thing. Um, and so it's very cool because we get to see this kind of like arc of these two characters hit this peak and meet in the middle and we wonder what happens next for the entire second half of the game. And um, when, when you hit that middle, it makes you, you know, like watching Jesse die, which really bummed me out um, because I started to connect to him and I, I felt like maybe I shouldn't have knowing where the story was going. But I, I did. I really did like Jesse as a character. And this when this happens, when this like the game essentially hit its climax halfway through the game. And it leaves you wondering, like, where is the next half of the game even going to go? And then when you see it, you know, it's, it's a totally different thing. But Abby's gameplay is so much fun, in my, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I love the way that she's just so strong. And like you said, you have a flamethrower at her and, like, she's just all this shit. But she can just tank zombies, whereas Ellie, it's more sneaky and she gets them in chokeholds and stabs them in the neck and everything. With uh, Abby, she's just more in their face. Yeah, and you still get that you still get that element of sneakiness that you expect from this game where you can do a lot of stuff through stealth and like get through a lot of places. I remember there's one spot where I literally just couldn't get past this group of zombies and I sprinted by them and that was it. Like I could just literally go by them. I was like, "Oh, I didn't realize I could do that." Mm-hmm. Um and so uh it's a lot of fun to play as her and you get to see this whole other side of the story with her. Um but a lot of people didn't like playing as her, and I think the thing that they need to see, like you were talking about, is that duality and that kind of um, blind rage that they're both going through to avenge someone that they love dearly. Um, yeah. Essentially avenging their father in both sides. And, I mean, it's hard for, for somebody like me where I, I am capable of looking at the story from both sides, and I don't want anything bad to happen to Ellie um, but I also start to sympathize with, with Abby a bit, and I think, like, damn, this girl has been through a lot, and I sort of just want this to stop. You know what? Like, I want them to just leave each other alone, and that's the point. Like, the mm-hmm. game is, is fucking with you, and it wants you to feel, like, this weird sense of, of confliction, and, you know, they really emphasize that in moments like when, um, when Ellie kills Mel, Abby's pregnant uh, friend. Mm-hmm. And and Owen and Owen, um, Abby's the lo- the man Abby loves, and this is really like when when Ellie realizes that she's killed a pregnant woman, she gets sick. Like, or I don't know if she like physically throws up, but I mean like she starts freaking out. Like she's she's sick to her stomach. She and has a panic sh- attack essentially. Yeah, and uh, it just really shows like Ellie doesn't even really want this. You know, like she's she doesn't even know why she's pursuing this at this point. And um, I've heard some people complain that. Ellie and Abby's stories, they wish they connected more. But I actually really like that as Ellie, you're following this cliche revenge path of like, it's it's like, I always try and view Last of Us 1 as a Western, because it's sort of like a zombie Western, in my opinion, where it's got that gunslinger who's like the cliche gunslinger who finds his redemption, right? I view Last of Us 2 sort of as that cliche, like, Western of like the revenge story of somebody who's been wrong. So now they need to kill everybody to, to avenge this. And the game knows that for the first 10 hours, it is cliche. I think that's the point is that it's following this very formulaic, like Ellie opens up a map and she's like, Abby's here. And then they go there and Abby's not there. And then they have to go somewhere else. And Abby's like, you know, it, it does that a couple times. And I feel like it starts to be on purpose where you're like, okay, like, what am I doing? And then when you, when you hit that crossway in the middle of the game, it sort of starts to like, really show you what the game is actually trying to say and do um yeah i i would the thing i would disagree with you on that is 
I wouldn't say it, it intentionally does that. I would say that, yes, it is a classic story format, but, I mean, isn't that kind of expected from a video game? I mean, like... It's true. It's literally true. every video game we ever play is... The bad guy's here. Go get him. You get there. You maybe fight him, and then he goes somewhere else. Like, that's classic video game format. So I don't know if it intentionally calls that out. I think it just does it because it's a video game. Um, but one thing I do want to say, since we're talking a lot about the story and stuff like that, is one of the issues I have with the game, I don't like the game as much as Hayden likes it. Hayden loves this game. I don't as much. I think it's a good game, but I think the story didn't hit me hard enough because it was weirdly paced or incorrectly paced in my opinion what i would say about the pacing is that i think the story could have been told better through a different form of pacing we get a lot of moments where we get these flashbacks for example one of my biggest issues um or not the biggest flashback issues within the flashback is pretty rough yeah we get a lot of flashbacks within flashbacks and um they are tiny little things that we don't need or maybe don't need but we've forgotten that's already happened like something that we talk about in the beginning of the game like two characters have dialogue about this party that happened and then we don't see the flashback of the party until the end of the game and i almost forgot what was going on i was like what is this again that bothered me too and you know what's even worse is that party was supposed to be one of the first missions in the game it would have been great and here's you, the thing that makes supposed it to play it well yeah and here's the thing that makes it such an issue is that when you tell that at the end of the story, after I've gone through so much stuff, it doesn't matter anymore. I don't care. That's such a tiny little detail that doesn't matter to me anymore because I've already experienced so much with these characters that this one instance that happened doesn't affect me as much. And mm -hmm. I think that's where this game kind of loses its steam is in its pacing, and I think that's another reason why people are not liking it as much. I actually asked myself this question before we started. I thought about it. Imagine if we had played this game reverse. If we had played Abby's story first, we got to know all the characters, and then we played as Ellie and had to kill them all. Imagine mm -hmm. doing that. I feel yeah. like that would hit in a totally different way um, than it does here because in the game, the way they made it is they make you look back at it. It's like we don't experience it at the moment. We look back at it after we've done everything. I think right. that's smart because our characters are also doing the same thing where what they're doing at the moment doesn't matter. They're just going through the motions to right. get to their end goal. I think the game is trying to parallel that through its players. But um, that's hard to do when you're playing a game because, yes, you will look back at it, but not until you get to the end. And you, as a person, have the option to stop playing you as a right. person have the option to stop paying attention this works better in movies because in a movie we're forced to sit there for an hour and a half and watch a movie and then we can look back at it but as we're playing a game we probably play it over a week or two and right, so we right. get these pauses in between where we're like we feel like we're just dragging through these sections um so i feel like the pacing and the storytelling could have been done differently in a way that was meant for a video game like a core video game like that kind of thing. Um, and that's why I think we're talking about it on this movie cast podcast because it feels like a movie because we sit with it afterwards. After it's done, we sit with it. But while it's happening, we have to just experience what's going on. And so I feel like that's where one of its downfalls is, is in the pacing and the storytelling. It is a good story, but I feel like it could have been done in a different way that would have impacted me differently and made me feel different about it. You know? Oh, for sure. And uh, 
all the emotional impact of a lot of the things for the most part still hit me, but there were moments like when I'm playing as Abby and I find Owen and Mel dead, I felt like I didn't care as much as the game wanted me to care because in my real life, I had played that mission where I killed yeah. Owen and Mel like four days before. And I, I already was like, know they're dead. Yeah. I'm over it. I'm over it. You know, like, yes, I killed them. Yes, it sucks. Yes, Ellie had a panic attack because she killed a pregnant woman. But I already felt that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I would I would agree that the pacing is sort of the biggest um, downfall of the game and is what stops me from giving it a 10 out of 10. Like, genuinely, that that is what stops it. Um the pacing is, is messy, and I think that might be um, probably the game's biggest downfall. I agree. And just something crazy about this game is it's like the perfect example of life imitating art. Like, you follow Ellie on this blind path of confusion and grief and, and anger and rage, and only for Joel's death in real life, like the reaction from the fan base of Joel's death to pretty much emulate how Ellie felt about Joel's death, you know? Like, this this sense of confusion and just absolute fury that you cannot get rid of. And I just think it's crazy that the game was able to emulate the exact emotion of the main character in all of the player base. And it's, they just sort of leave it with the individual player to decide where you're going to take the story from there in your own feelings. And I just think that's something I've never seen done in a video game before. And it's really interesting. One thing I just want to mention about that is I love how you are literally pinned down. And you can't do anything. It's almost as if Ellie is representing you. Like, you can't do anything. This is happening, and there's nothing you can do about it. And so mm-hmm. watching Joel die like that, it's just like, I need, I let me do something. I was mashing buttons, and nothing was working. Ellie's like, I'll fucking kill you. And that has been the exact reaction of every single person who played this game when they when they tweet at Neil Druckmann. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, I've seen some nasty shit from, from the fan base of... Uh, of this game and I'm, I'm just gonna say now I'm not attacking the fan base of this game but what I am saying is you can totally hate this game that is totally fine if you didn't get anything from this if this is the most disappointed you've been in your entire life that is that's okay but the problem where we're at now is attacking the cast and attacking the creators and attacking everybody involved with this game over a game like I know I know Laura Bailey the uh, phenomenal actress who uh, voices Abby and I just want to say she might be the reason that I grew to actually connect with that character through some of her uh, for, through her performance. I really got to actually see the other side of it. And I feel like Laura Bailey does a lot for that character. But anyway, some of the reaction I've seen from uh, the, the gaming community t- towards her, I saw like she tweeted a bunch of uh, DMs she had gotten on Twitter and on Instagram. And there's people threatening to break into her house and, and kill her son in front of her because of the, what she did to Joel. And I'm like, this is a video game. Like, you guys are insane. <laughs> like, th- that's insane. That's to actually, th- to threaten to kill the family member of somebody who played a character in a video, like, that's not okay. And, like, if you hate the game, good good for you. That's uh, That sucks. But, like, you can't it's be... It's a game! Thre- <laughs> you can't be threatening people who worked on this game. That is disgusting. Literally, like, if you hate this game, that sucks. Get over it. Play a different one that you like. Like, these people have created this masterpiece. I'm not going to lie. This is a really good game. Um, and just because of your biased opinions, if you're attacking them, you're so in the wrong, I don't even want to tell you why you are. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I just need to also say, if you're one of those people talking about this game, like, oh, they're forcing all their politics and forcing all their 
uh, gay people in my media and why is there a trans character in this game? I don't even also, I don't want to have that discussion as well because that's just, you know, Ellie's gay in the first game, right? Like to everybody who's mad about Ellie being gay, she has always been gay. This isn't like a new decision. I, I loved the, there's like a flashback where you're with Joel and he's like, I know you like that Jesse boy. And Ellie's like, yeah, right. I'm like, <laughs> I know because here's the thing you can do that. This is, this is the zombie apocalypse. Now I, I was talking to you about this and I was saying that, um, these characters, I said this earlier in the episode that the setting is so huge about this. And I think it's because these characters now are in a world where nothing like society doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. It's all about you. You are a person and you decide who you are. And I think that's why it's so fitting because it's literally like you can do whatever you want now. You can like whoever you like. You can be whoever you want to be because that's all that matters. You could die the next day. You have to be who you want to be because there's no guarantee that there will be a tomorrow. And so mm-hmm. it's so awesome to see characters just be who they want to be and do what they want to do. And we see... um we see Lev give up his entire belief system and everything just to be the kind of person that he wants to be. He abandons his family. He leaves with his sister and abandons everything he's known and gets chased by these people who want to kill him because he believes in what he wants to be. And that is so cool. That is so awesome. I love getting to see that. I love Lev. Yeah, Lev is a great character who... You know, I wish we touched on a little bit more, but there's not a lot to touch on aside from the fact that ties into the ending, which I, I guess is a pretty good segue into that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so people are upset about the ending of this game, and I'm just going to briefly – I know a lot of people listening to this have, have played the game, but I'm going to briefly recap what gets us here. Uh, so Ellie is living a peaceful life with Dina, and she, they've, they've had a kid – or not had a kid, but it's uh, Jesse's kid, and they're, Ellie's raising this kid, and – she has not been able to move forward from thinking about Abby. Abby has let her live, but she cannot get over it. So now she goes back out on one final mission to find uh, Abby. She can't stop thinking about it. It's totally taken everything over again. Like she, it's, she's got major PTSD from it. And so she goes out to find her and she hunts her down and ends up actually finding her. And when she finds Abby, Abby is tied with all she's no longer like this buff woman but she is now very skinny and totally like her hair's all messed up she looks awful and lev is also tied up to a a post across from them from this like i think they're like a cannibal community or something no they're just like a group of bad people essentially they just suck and they just chain tying people up to posts anyways abby and uh lev are tied up to these posts and they're gonna die they are gonna die on these posts they're not ever getting cut down like they are gonna die on this post and so ellie finds them and essentially instantly I think is in this weird situation of like where do I take this and she knows that she wants to kill her but she also knows that based on the situation she's witnessing she doesn't really know how to handle it so she cuts Abby down with the intention of probably trying to confront her but Abby immediately abandons that and goes and cuts Lev down immediately and they start walking away and uh, Abby says I have some boats over here we can both take one there's boats on the on the water so Ellie is loading her stuff into her boat and Abby and Lev are loading their stuff into their boat. And Ellie has one last flash of Joel's beaten in face and decides that she cannot let Abby live. So she goes over to Abby and she says, I can't let you live. This needs to happen. And Abby says, I'm not doing this. This is not going on. And essentially 
they get into a fight, like Abby threatens Lev, or Ellie threatens Lev, sorry, and then they get that final fight that Ellie's craving so intensely. And while you're playing it, it just sucks. This entire fight sequence is like, it's such a cool final boss fight, because usually with the final boss fight is just like, I'm gonna kill them, I can't wait to just absolutely like button mash and destroy this villain. And this fight is so opposite from that. You are beating this broken woman who's barely even able to fight you. And she's trying to swing, and you're just beating the shit out of her, and it just sucks, especially when you've already come to, like, uh, Abby. Not only that, but you are also bleeding out of your side. You've been bit again. Like, Ellie is in no better condition. You're both just right, so I tired. Right, the second bite. And so over it, and you're just so done. And as you're beating each other, well, as you're playing as Ellie, beating Abby, and you finally get her to the last, you're literally drowning her. That's the You're gonna kill her, you're gonna do it. Ellie just can't, and she lets her live, essentially. But in particular, I wanted to bring this up. I don't think it's that she can't. And I've seen a lot of people online being like, oh, Ellie doesn't kill Abby because she has a flash in her brain of Joel playing guitar? This makes no sense. Why would some stupid memory of Joel playing a guitar make uh, Ellie not kill her? And it is not the memory of Joel playing guitar. It is what this actual memory is. Is It is one day before... Uh, Joel dies at the hands of Abby and Ellie has been struggling so for so long to to forgive him and I don't think she even wants to and she goes and she talks to him and they have this discussion where Ellie essentially says that she doesn't believe she can ever forgive Joel but that she wants to try and that she she would like to to give him that chance to at least try and forgive him and Joel says that he'd like that and Ellie leaves and that is the last moment they ever have before Joel dies and the reason that Ellie doesn't kill Abby is in particular the memory of her wanting to forgive. She wants to leave this hatred that she's felt for Joel behind. And she realizes that the exact hatred she's felt for Joel is the exact hatred that she now has for Abby. And that by killing Abby, all she's doing is dooming herself to feel this forever. And I think that's important to emphasize as I've seen so many people say, well, it's a stupid memory of Joel playing a guitar. Why would this change everything it's not the memory of the guitar it is what was said while that uh while that was occurring you know yeah i think i think more than just that i think it's like ellie's realizing that this is just an endless cycle like Mm -hmm. it's like the um uh what is it it's like the greek gods and stuff like that or norse gods or whatever where uh like two gods have a kid that kid kills their mother like that kind of thing um Mm -hmm. and so it's this this endless cycle that Ellie wants to wants to be done, and she doesn't want to have this baggage over anymore. And she realizes that killing Abby's not going to do that. That's not what's going to solve it. She has to just forgive, and, and it's all on her. And doing this act of violence isn't going to change anything. Yeah, and I know some people are disappointed by, uh, you know, the the game's message being violence is a bad cycle, but that I do not believe is the message at all. I think what The Last of Us 2 is trying to say is that the extent of which somebody would go for love. Because the first one is a game about love. And Neil Druckmann said the second game is a game about hate. And I would agree. But I would also say that the second game is also still about love. It is about the love that Ellie once had for Joel overcoming everything else and and making her do all these awful things. And Ellie knows that this is not a path worth pursuing. People like Jesse and Dina say it multiple times throughout the game. Is like, what are you doing? You're going to get us killed. You're going to get yourself killed. So it's not like just as a player you feel like it's wrong because the characters uh, acknowledge that it's wrong. But 
Yeah, I, I, I think if you get to the ending of the game and you still want to kill Abby, you may have missed the point of what the game was trying to say. And if you still hate Abby, that is okay. But if you still want to kill her in that final scene, I think the game is trying to say something that might have, you know, just not affected you in the same way. But Ellie, I think, realizes that if she kills Abby, it's just dooming Lev to feel the exact same way that Ellie just felt and therefore continuing the cycle through someone new, you know? Mm -hmm. So Ellie goes back to the farmhouse and she finds it, you know, totally uh, abandoned. Dina has has left. And she picks up Joel's guitar. And I I forgot to include, she gets her fingers bitten off during this fight with, uh, with Abby. And she picks up Joel's guitar and she tries to play Future Days, which is a song Joel played for her at the beginning of the game. And her fingers are now messed up. She can't play it. And she puts the guitar down against the window and walks off to an unknown future. And I love the idea of, you know, Ellie finally being able to try and... F- it. She hasn't found peace, but she has found the path that can maybe eventually lead her to peace. Yeah. You know? Um, I, I agree with that. I would say that um, she has found peace, I think. I don't know if she's going towards anything. I think that... um. That's she has found peace in that moment because uh, through her fingers getting bit off and her playing guitar, I think it's her realizing that what Joel wants for her or would have wanted for her is a better life. Like he doesn't want her to go go after the person who killed him. He wants her to have a better life. And that's where I think she realizes that through all this carnage and all this these awful things that are happening, that's not going to lead to a better life because mm-hmm. she now is missing her two fingers and can't play guitar properly like Joel wanted. And mm-hmm. so I think the ending really emphasizes the fact that her putting down that guitar is her saying, okay, Joel, I have moved on. And she yeah. now moves forward to what is the more peaceful life she's looking for. And mm-hmm. I think it's a great way to end the game. I think it's some it wraps everything up perfectly and I love the ending. Like, I took a screenshot of the ending, and I want to make it my background picture for my PlayStation now. Like, the overhead oh, theme. Oh, so yeah, good. man. It's such, a, it's such a beautiful ending, and I think it's um, the perfect ending for me. Is, is the idea of, you know, Joel not wanting Ellie to become who he was and wanting her to be able to have... It's ultimately what made him make that decision is her not wanting to lose her life in this for this world and and for her to hopefully be able to find some semblance of something better and what this entire revenge quest does is it takes away everything that joel would have wanted for her uh and he he obviously would hate to know that this is the path that she has ended up pursuing and yeah i think the ending of just her making peace with with everything and but also at the same point in time it being so unclear and if she's you know, because it's arguable if she's made peace. Like, she, she it conveys the sense of it, but obviously she's still, I feel, in my opinion, a long way away from where she needs or would ever want to be. What I would say about that is, I think the game maybe could hint at that, but I think as a character, through everything that Ellie's gone through, her main motivation being through Joel. I think that finally letting Abby go, finally letting Joel go and everything puts her person as she is now who she is now and what she's believed in for so long i think that encapsulates that part of course she's gonna have new things of course she's gonna keep living her life but i think the game at the end essentially wraps up that part of her life and says Mm -hmm. she is okay with this we've come to peace with this 
Now mm-hmm. we're moving on. I think, sure, she's long. She is a far away from being okay, but I think she's come to peace with it. And so, right, right. In final thoughts, kind of wrapping up how I feel about this game. I like this game. It's a good game. I have my issues with it. I'm not adamantly saying that I hate this game. I'm not adamantly saying that it's the best game I've ever played. I'm saying it's a good game and that you should, if you felt negatively towards this game, you should give it a try again. Think about what we've talked about. Really look at the characters. And instead of looking at it from a biased view of Joel and Ellie are my favorite, look at it from the point of view of these are both people who I can empathize with and how does their story affect me as a player, Mm -hmm. I think. And so Mm -hmm. my rating for this game is a 7 out of 10. I'll give it a 7 out of 10. Damn, you went from calling it a masterpiece five minutes ago to hitting it with that. It's, it is a masterpiece, but as a player who's played the first one and still okay. has some residual grudges towards Abby, mm-hmm. I will give it a 7 out of 10. That's fair. You know what? That is fair. I am going gonna, gonna to go there, man. Don't. I'm going to give this game a 9 out of 10. Um, <laughs> because I genuinely felt every emotion they wanted me to. I felt myself sympathizing with Abby. I felt myself hating her and I was so ready to kill her. But by the time I got to the ending of the game, I was like, this is, I just want this to stop. And, and I think the message it's trying to convey and the way it conveys it is something people will argue on for a long time. But I'm hoping that as history goes on, people will be kinder to The Last of Us 2 when they realize what it was trying to say and what it was trying to do. Because at the end of the day, you could be angry at The Last of Us for doing, or Last of Us Part Two for doing what it does, but they made a bold decision. They could have made an entire franchise. They could have done what they did with Uncharted, and Joel could have easily been a main character for another three games if they wanted him to be. But they knew what they wanted with this story and what they wanted to say with their story, and and I respect it a lot. And it, a lot of people respect it, and it didn't work for them. But I respect this game so much, and it worked perfectly for me. It is. Uh, I've got my issues, but it is the best I could have asked for for a sequel from my for my favorite game. And if that offends you, I'm sorry. But <laughs> I, I really love this game. And I think you should give it another try or try it if you haven't played it. Yeah, don't if you don't give that, that blind rage that all these characters are experiencing, look at it in a different light. Don't just be biased. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that's all the time we have for today because I have to go to work in like 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like this could have, we could have gone on for so much longer because there's so much to say. But um, yeah, I feel like just trying to put it into, into you know, an episode, a one hour episode where we try and sum up this entire story is so hard because there's so much here to unpack. But I think you should take what we've said and, you know, maybe try and go unpack it yourself if, if you didn't enjoy it. And, um, yeah, thank you for listening to our episode on The Last of Us. Thank you for uh, listening to us switch it up from the movie vibe and going to the game vibe. This is our first time like doing an episode like this, so you know we appreciate the listens and everything. But yeah, if you want to check out our other episodes, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, pretty much all your streaming services. Um, you can also check us out on Instagram at the Dive In Movie Cast, where we post a bunch of different stuff, and you can check out our spoiler-free review as well. Um, and I'll link it. I'll put it in the link for this episode. Nice. And you can also find us at our individual Instagrams. Mine's at Wesley Giffen. And I am at Hayden Kutris. 
And it's the same thing for Letterboxd if you want to see our movie reviews. Um, sadly, we can't review or rate uh, Last of Us on Letterboxd because it's not a movie. But We can. Um, there's, a, there's a short film. It's, it's literally titled Last of Us Part 2, and it's not even like an actual Last of Us thing. But someone uploaded this to Letterboxd, so we could still talk about it on there. Nice. Um, which is funny. But yeah, thanks for listening. And as as you think about all the stuff that's going on in Last of Us 2, let us play you out with um, Ellie playing Take On Me on the guitar. Mm. It's the most, most beautiful way to end it is with Ashley Johnson's phenomenal voice singing a phenomenal song. So we'll see you guys next time. Talking away I don't